Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fitness First Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mays of Jake's Fitness and Nutrition Coaching. And today I want to talk about a topic I wasn't really looking forward to covering, uh, and that's Ozempic. And the reason is because I've been probably one of the loudest people about people not using Ozempic. And I felt like today I should go over, if you are going to use Ozempic, things that you should keep in mind. So this is going to be covering like weight training and how much protein you should eat while you do it, uh, lifestyle changes, stuff like that, because there are a lot of people using it. And I think it's silly to think that no one should be using it. Obviously, it has a purpose because if it didn't, it wouldn't be selling and people wouldn't be using it. So I think the best thing that we can do right now is give people the strategies to change their lifestyles for the better and then actually get the most out of their time using it. So first things first, uh, you want to look at how many grams of protein you eat each day. And the reason I say that is because eating enough protein is going to be imperative to maintaining lean body mass while you take it. Ozempic, semi-glutide, you're obviously going to have an a suppressed appetite. If you're taking it, you know that. If you're considering taking it, that is the main reason that you end up losing weight is you actually just end up eating less calories. That's the thing about a lot of this stuff, guys. It's not magic. Like none of it's magic. No, nothing happens to your body that's special that, that you couldn't do on your own. But I understand that controlling energy intake is tough. So that being said, the best thing you can do is focus on increasing uh, the amount of protein that you eat each day. So that's hard for some, easier for others. And that can always come in more liquid forms. I tell all my clients uh, that if you have trouble getting enough protein in, one to two protein shakes a day is, is really no big deal. I try to caution you away from doing three, four, five, six. I, I know some professional bodybuilders will do even more. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of at the extreme end of like athleticism as a whole. So I definitely wouldn't recommend most people doing that. I would say the best thing that you can do is try to get 30 grams of protein in five times a day, you know, and that's, you know, uh, I know like Fair Life does uh, lactose-free, fat-free milk. That would be a really good option to put in with one scoop of whey protein, and that should, depending on your whey protein, it's usually 20 to 25 grams already, and then that cup of Fair Life milk is 13. So that's already right there, uh, 33 to 38 grams of protein just in that one shake. Uh, I also like to tell people to add in liquid egg whites. I get some pushback on that because obviously it sounds gross to drink liquid egg whites, uh, but they're heated and beaten before they're cartoned, so they're totally safe to drink. And honestly, it's probably be pretty good to start adding those to one to two protein shakes a day. Uh, that being said, if it grosses you out too much, then... I mean, do what you got to do. It's okay. Either way, there's other ways to get protein in. Um, the whole food method is going to get harder and harder because uh, nausea is a pretty common side effect uh, for Ozempic. Um, that being said, you can always overcome it. I mean, you can eat more chicken, more beef, more fish. Uh, I try to give most of my clients an eating out guide. So if there is something a little bit more palatable, like as far as Chick-fil-A, that's a huge one. If you live in the South, if you live up North, you probably don't have Chick-fil-A's. Uh, but even Taco Bell has some pretty good high protein options. You just need to know what to look for. The beefy five layer burrito probably does not fit that bill. I don't know what the macros are on it specifically, but you can probably make anything work. So getting away from eating a really high amount of protein, that's obviously huge. Weight training is going to be 
enormous. The hard part about the weight training comes with, again, the nausea. So having that much nausea makes you not want to work out and not go to the gym. But if you're not eating enough protein, you absolutely need to be weight training. Weight training, even in a calorie deficit, is still one of the best, if not the best way to maintain and build lean body mass. You can build lean body mass in a calorie deficit. Uh, It's not optimal by any means. You're better off trying to just lose body fat in this time. But you can do it. So all that saying, I would try to be weight training two to three days a week minimum. Uh... I've seen great results from people that do it four days a week. Uh, Most of my clients do it three days a week, which is totally fine. But if you're not doing it at all, you are missing out on a huge benefit that can come from using Ozempic. That being said, I'm always going to aid people to do it as naturally as they can. So, you know, calorie restriction, working out, weight training. But there's a reason it was invented, right? There's a need for it in the market. There's a need for it with people. So... It's not that if you use Ozempic, you'll never see progress afterwards and nothing will ever work for you. Only Ozempic will work for you. I think it's just important to realize that it's a tool. It's a tool in a tool belt and you're free to use that tool as much or however long you want to. But once you stop using it, the effects will stop. So if you don't make any lifestyle changes at all, it's pretty unlikely that you'll be able to maintain those results over a longer period of time. I had a client telling me once that uh, it wasn't Ozempic, but it was another diet fad type uh, thing that came out. I'm not going to name names, but it was a company that sent food to people directly, but you know didn't ever actually learn how to eat differently, just to eat this food. And you know she ended up losing you know 60 to 70 pounds. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something around there. It was a whole lot of weight loss. Like 60 to 70 pounds is huge, but she got tired of paying for it. She didn't want to continue paying their, it was like 400 or more dollars a month for it. And unfortunately, over six months to a year, she had gained 90 pounds. So it was as if she had never really lost the weight because she went down 60 and then went up 90. So she was at a net gain of 30 pounds over a year or two time. And she was out all the money she spent on it. So that's why I would encourage people to utilize their resources towards things that are going to help move the needle forever. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is they are looking in the now. And and there's definitely people out there who need to look in the now. There are people out there who need to lose weight right now. If you're over 300 pounds, pushing 400 pounds, or, or over four or 500 pounds, then Ozempic may be a really, really great way to suppress your appetite and get you moving in the right direction. It's not that any of this stuff is evil, but people only like to look at it in a one piece at a time situation. So they're like, well, I'm going to do Ozempic. I'm going to lose all this weight. Okay. So what did you change? That's the hard part because most of the time people don't change. They just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And every time a new weight loss drug comes out or a new weight loss fad comes out, people lose 5, 10, 15 pounds and then they gain 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. And that's where the yo-yo dieting comes in. So with anything else, this isn't Ozempic. This isn't Adkins or keto or intermittent fasting. None of this stuff is magic. It just all does one of two things. It affects energy in or it affects energy out. So 
That's like back when uh, the original hydroxy cut came out and had speed in it. And that was just affecting how many calories you burned each day. So it wasn't that people were adjusting how much they ate, which some did, but the biggest thing was affecting how many calories you burn, which is fine. But obviously the speed element of it made it illegal and then you couldn't use it anymore. And there has been a trend of that in supplements because they're not FDA regulated. It's a fun fact if you didn't know that. Supplements are not FDA regulated. So sometimes it takes a while for third-party labs to eventually investigate the drugs and then find out that they are, in fact, not what they said they were. Uh, in Ozempic's case, uh, it's FDA regulated. So it has been approved by the FDA for type 2 diabetes use, but it has not been FDA approved for weight loss for like general population. There are other semi-glutide type drugs that have been like i think manjaro is fda approved and then ozempic has another basically same thing that they offer uh i can't remember what it's called it starts with a w uh but that's fda approved for weight loss for general population so there's options for it as well it just comes down to how much you want to spend uh what your current situation is and how bad you need it so that was a really long-winded way of saying that there are reasons to use ozempic it's not that no one should use it anywhere. It's just the fact that all of this still comes back around a lifestyle change. If you don't do anything about your lifestyle, you will gain the weight back. You will. It just takes a matter of time. And then you can either make the choice to repeat the cycle and do it again and again and again and again, or eventually you can see that it's your lifestyle that's causing the problem. That's hard to hear, especially in today's day and age in 2023, we don't like to take accountability, which sucks. And I have to take accountability every day. I run a business. And even though I run a business that a lot of other people do, no one's affecting my business but me. So I got to take accountability for exactly what I do every day. I'm recording this podcast right now. And if that takes away time from doing something else, that's nobody else's fault but mine. And that's where a lot of people have to end up taking Ozempic or Manjaro or any fad diet really is it all coming back around to you are in control of what you do, what you eat, the activity that you do, and that sometimes can be scary. And that's okay. That doesn't have to be bad. Scary doesn't always have to be bad. It can just be a good motivator for you to actually reach your goals, get to where you want to go, and ultimately... Do what you want to do with your life. So don't be afraid of accountability. Embrace it. Lean into it. And get to the life where you want to be. It's on you. But long story short, if you're going to use those Epic, you got to focus on those high-protein diets first and foremost. you got to get more protein in each day to help maintain that lean body mass and hopefully just lose the body fat that you're trying to lose and not bone mineral density, lean muscle mass. And then two, you've got to get in the gym. Cardio is great. I hear people talk about their cardio gains all the time. That's awesome. I love cardio too. But you have to, have to, have to start weight training, especially if you're going to start taking a semi-glutide or Manjaro or uh, the, uh, sorry, the one starts with a W, the other one from the company that makes Ozempic. Because if you don't, long-term, it's not going to last and then you're going to end up in a new fad or taking this stuff all over again and ultimately not achieving the change that you really want. But that is my two cents on the topic. I'd love to know more about anybody who is taking it and trying these lifestyle changes. 
you can follow me on Instagram at Jake's Coaching. And you can go to my website, www.jakescoaching.com. And I appreciate you guys listening today. Thank you for listening to the Fitness First podcast, and I'll see you next time.